From South Carolina Public Radio, this is the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on December 15th, 2023 from my office here at SCETV. It's because AT is remote, so nothing matters. This episode features major endorsement news for the Haley campaign out of New Hampshire. And we look at the latest big polls out of Iowa as we are now 30 days, folks, 30 days away from caucus day. That's insane to think about, but we're thinking it. Yes. And also in this podcast, I tagged along with Americans for Prosperity Action as their team went door knocking in a low country neighborhood on Wednesday. Did we knock on your door? Let us know, 803-563-7169. We also have some big economic data for you as we tease our upcoming EconPod. EconPod. That's right, another EconPod backed by popular demand. We actually can't verify that. So a lot in this podcast. And like we've told you before, we're going to have a modified schedule going forward. So bear with us during the holiday season. Yes. You can give us a shout at 803-563-7169. We love hearing from you guys. We need to know what's on your mind, what's in for 2024. Let us know what's hot going into the new year and what you're leaving behind in 2023. 803-563-7169. And thank you. We're on the campaign trail. That's right. We've always been on the campaign trail. And we have some major endorsement news for the Nikki Haley campaign. That's right. They know it. Now you know it. New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu announced Tuesday evening that he would be supporting former Governor Nikki Haley in the presidential race. The two held an event together in Manchester, where Sununu kicked off the event with this. And a word of caution, listener discretion is advised here. There was a sweet older woman who has come to a lot of events, and I saw her coming in here, and she said, so are you going to finally endorse Nikki Haley for president? You bet your ass I am. Let's get this thing done. We are all in on Nikki Haley, undoubtedly. Folks, I apologize for that language from the governor. That's... That's live free or die for you. The poor sweet woman, the poor sweet woman teed him up for that with that language. Ooh. But Governor Sununu re-emphasized multiple times during his remarks and afterward about Haley's ability to connect with folks personally on the big issues. He said that separated her from folks like DeSantis and especially former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, who has invested heavily in the state. Here's some more of Sununu's breathless remarks and some trash talk to Iowa, which we low-key love. (laughs) That's because we're the first in the nation. So let's not miss this opportunity. The entire country is watching. With all due respect to Iowa, it's a caucus, please. Right? This is where the voters come out in droves. We are gonna have a record number of voters in this election. What amazing opportunity, while the rest of the country is going, oh boy, are we just gonna settle for the same old thing? Let's talk about settling. Does America ever settle for yesterday's news? No! We are built on innovation. We are built on the next big idea. We are built on the next version, the the next generation of leadership. That's in our DNA as Americans. 
So to think for a second that we're going to say, well, let's just go back to the way it was because that was kind of sort of okay, not really, but better than we have now. No way. Sununu then introduced Haley, who got on the stage with her modified tagline from It's a Great Day in South Carolina to, well, you guessed it. It's a great night in New Hampshire. I mean, it doesn't get any better than this. To go and get endorsed by the live free or die governor is about as rock solid of an endorsement as we could hope for. (laughs) Because I don't think New Hampshire can just keep it to themselves. I think we need to be a live free or die country, right? But we've got some work to do. Now, Haley has broad appeal, which she is using to get as many people in the big tent as possible, whether that's Wall Street donors or undeclared New Hampshire voters. She gets labeled as a rhino or Republican in name only for such stances. But that label is basically applied to anyone who is not a MAGA Trump person, which is simply the most basic example of the massively divided Republican Party something Haley knows and is trying to remedy, especially by consistently reminding voters how the GOP has lost a popular vote in several recent elections. But in New Hampshire, appealing to a broad base is important. Haley told reporters in a gaggle after her event with Sununu that he will not be her vice president as he does not want to be in Washington, so it's not going to be a Haley-Sununu ticket. But here's Haley talking about how this endorsement fits in her New Hampshire strategy. I mean, it's huge for us. It really is. I mean, I and everybody else has been courting Chris for months. I mean, it's no secret. Y'all saw it. But there were a couple of reasons that I wanted his endorsement, not just because he was the governor, but he was the live free or die governor. He was the governor that, like, cut taxes and lowered unemployment and fought for the northern border and protected Second Amendment rights and all those things that really are where we want to take the country back. That's why I wanted his endorsement. And he is one of the most beloved governors in the country. And the people in his state love him. And so, you know, we've got the momentum on our side, but this just gave it a speed bump. So we are excited about going and going fast and we're just grateful. I think she meant speed bump, like driving really fast and hitting the speed bump and going airborne, right? Maybe. Haley also responded to this question about Trump's recent dictatorial comments. Master, is, is Trump's comments about being a dictator on day one disqualifying? And Governor, the, the ambassador has said that she would pardon, she would consider pardoning Trump and that she believes he's fit for office. Do you agree with that? So I think, first of all, that's for the voters to decide if they want a dictator on day one. I'm not going to be a dictator on day one. We're going to be an executive that goes and protects the national security of the American people. Job number one, no drama, no vendettas, no whining is what you're going to get if I become president. The phrasing of no drama and chaos continue to be the way that Haley primarily works to chip away at Trump and make inroads with his voters, especially since Trump has had such a commanding lead. More on those numbers in a moment. But first, I want to quote a tweet here from Donald Trump, who said this, quote, Chris Sununu could have run for the Senate in New Hampshire and won, but no, he wanted to run for president and without announcing, he did. Sadly for him, he got zero traction and went back to being governor very selfish. Now he is unelectable in his own state and can back Nikki, who has no chance of winning. Make America great again. That was on his Truth social platform, to which Nikki Haley retweeted and said, quote, sounds like we hit a nerve, quote. All right, it's starting up. It's really starting up there. 
the New Hampshire governor's endorsement was another huge get for Haley since Sununu brings with him popularity, his support network, and the ability to appeal to a variety of voters who are crucial in that first-in-the-nation Republican primary in New Hampshire. There is a substantial amount of Granite State voters that are independent, which Sununu has the ability to reach along with Haley. Remember this bit from my reporting back in February with former 2020 Republican U.S. Senate candidate Bryant Corky Messner, who really spelled out what the electorate looks like and what Sununu brings to the table. The thing you got to understand about New Hampshire is over 40 percent of registered voters, we call them undeclared, but independents. They are independents. And so in, in, in order to be successful in New Hampshire, you know, you have to be able to uh, connect with the with the independents. Now, so you got about 30 percent Republican, a little more Democrat, but the independents are important. And in a primary, the independents can go and register for the primary as a Republican or Democrat and vote in that primary. And And quite frankly, I think the reason that Governor Sununu does so well in elections in New Hampshire is he's able to to appeal to the independents. And I will say this, it's certainly my opinion that many, many, many of the independents, I would say, you know, a substantial majority of independents are in fact conservative leaning, and many of them are libertarian. And and New Hampshire is is very new unique in that sense. So while Haley didn't get the endorsement of popular Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds, she does have Sununu, which fits into the New Hampshire strategy her campaign is focusing on. While a strong finish in Iowa is important and she is gaining ground there, Haley is stronger in New Hampshire and a bigger finish there, including if she picks off supporters from former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, especially if he backed out, would give her support north of 30% which would then signal to people watching that she is within striking distance of Donald Trump's 45% support. That would then put South Carolina in the hot seat. Vote for its native daughter or the popular former president, whose first criminal trial is set to be March 4th, which is nine days after the first in the South primary and the day before Super Tuesday. The trial will take weeks and could result in felony convictions that would have damning ripple effects should Trump eventually become the party's nominee, which current polling suggests. Here's what Winthrop University political science professor Dr. Scott Huffman told us last month about what a felon as a nominee would mean for the party. The people have already shown that with Trump, they don't mind contradictions. So he can still be the the president for law and order while being a convicted felon. And I say that because he was the, the, the presidential nominee of the Family Values Party while being a serial cheater. Uh, you know, it's again... Trump is is uh, a manifestation uh, of the anger of the rank and file in the Republican Party who feel they have been left behind in the party itself. And, and you know, how will it work? Well, uh, you know, a uh, hundred or so years ago, there was an alderman in, North, in uh, New York who was not only convicted but put in jail and still won and was an alderman from jail. Uh, I doubt that is exactly what will happen, but... I don't think it will uh, affect uh, how people see Trump if you are already in Trump's camp. Uh, you know, it's, it, it comes to the people who say, if Trump's a nominee, I'll support him, uh, but I'm not a fan of Trump. They might then say, 
after all of these convictions, he can't possibly win. And they might peel off and vote either for you know, Robert F. Kennedy or uh, a write-in candidate or just not turn up. And that would give the, the vote to, uh, to that would give the election to Joe Biden. So his how his convictions affecting not at all among his most faithful voters, um, how it affects regular institutional Republicans. That's sort of what remains to be seen. So that is a bit of the 2024 picture as we are piecing it together. Things are really about to kick up, folks. So stay with the lead to keep you grounded. This carousel is going to start spinning, especially with the caucuses on January 15th. The New Hampshire primary is then on the 23rd. And South Carolina's Republican primary is February 24th. And like we said, Trump's first criminal trial is set to be March 4th, with Super Tuesday on March 5th. First quarter is going to be wild. We've previously discussed another major endorsement that Haley picked up, and that was from Americans for Prosperity Action, which is an arm of the Koch Brothers Conservative Network that is the largest grassroots organization in the country. We're talking tens of thousands of volunteers and supporters. And those grassroots were on display Wednesday in Mount Pleasant, where a crew of volunteers and staffers were out canvassing the area in support of Haley. I met up with them in a hotel conference room where they were getting their marching orders for the day, which is a similar scene that is playing out in Iowa and New Hampshire and other states. Volunteers with AFP Action were armed with data on which voters' doors to knock on, the technology to check them off lists as Haley supporters were supporting someone else or unavailable or undecided. Those latter two metrics mean those volunteers will knock on those doors again in the future until they're decided on Haley or someone else. Now, the AFP Action volunteers have data that show maybe the voter doesn't always vote in primaries or that they recently moved to the area, which is part of the muscle that AFP Action brings to the state and other states in their organization. Candace Carroll, the state director of AFP, was out knocking on doors Wednesday with others and said this about the effort at play in South Carolina. So we have the doors. We are also connecting with voters um, on the phones. We have mailers. We have digital ads, TV ads, radio ads, all of that that's running. But, you know, when we're looking to have these conversations with voters, a lot of voters, um, maybe they don't have a landline. A lot of landlines are becoming obsolete. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I screen my phone calls when they come to my cell phone if I don't recognize the number. Some people aren't picking up as much. So this is the best way to connect with these voters at the doors, have these one-on-one -on -one conversations with them, and really, you know, understanding that polling is just a snapshot in time and what we're hearing at the doors um, people are excited about governor haley they're excited about what she did here in south carolina how that can translate um, on a national scale and especially here in charleston people have been very friendly to us today we've been out talking with them mm -hmm. yeah how many doors have you guys already knocked on like since the announcement and and what's maybe the goal at this point leading up to the 24th of February? So since the announcement two weeks ago, we have knocked on over 50,000 doors just across South Carolina in particular. And so we will continue that, talking to as many voters um, as we as we can. Um, but we are, you know, looking, we are averaging right now about 20,000 doors a week where we're connecting with voters. And so, you know, we have full-time staff and part-time staff all across the state. So, of course, right now, 
Charleston being a major metro area, right, it's expected that, that we would be here, but we're also in, in tiny areas like Prosperity talking to voters. And so that is what's unique about AFP Action is we could scale up really quickly. We were on the doors the very next day after the endorsement um, talking to voters and didn't have to have that lag time in between that endorsement popping and us being able to be like boots on the ground here in South Carolina. I put a microphone on Candace and we headed out to knock on some doors in a Mount Pleasant neighborhood. Take a listen to her interaction with a voter who is now thinking about supporting Haley. Hi, good, how are you? Hi. Yes, hi. My name's Candace. This is Starla. Hi, good. I've seen you guys before. Yes, yes, we've been out here before. So yeah, we're with America's for Prosperity Action. Just out talking to voters today, kind of about the upcoming um, Republican primary and interested to see kind of who you might be leaning towards as, as February is getting closer. Um, I'm definitely, uh, I, I think I, I shared with you last time, I'm, 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 I can't bring myself to support Donald Trump. So um, after that, I would support Nikki Haley. Well, that's, yeah, we, our organization actually has endorsed her recently. About two weeks ago, we endorsed her for president. So I appreciate that you're, you're getting her so, some consideration um, for right. that. So um, what policy issue would you say is kind of helping to drive that decision as you think about her? Yeah, I mean, my, my, Right, you know, my base is just anything but Trump, so that's the <laughs> point. So um, then, you know, I just, unfortunately, it is a lot of process of elimination. And, you know, starting Trump and DeSantis scares me, as, you know, in a different way. But, as, as, you know, um, I think, yeah, Haley has, um, you know, the international experience is, I think she, um, she, you know, in the debate, she's come across with confidence and, um, you know, been able to handle attacks and things really well and mm -hmm. um you know um yeah I, I don't, i'm not in love with her but i think you know she she's she's definitely of the of the candidates that are out there who i would have more confidence in yeah sure well yeah we've heard that from other people too that she handles herself well on the debate stage and so they feel like that can translate to be able to handle herself in an executive office where she's going to have to interact with a lot of different people, personalities in Congress, and yeah. and even at the um, you know international level as yeah. well. So appreciate your consideration of her, and hope you will continue to consider her as yeah. we head well, towards February. So, of course, thank you so much for your time. Your pup is so Come sweet. On, Here's a recap from that interaction, which wasn't too dissimilar from others that happened that afternoon. Several of the folks Candace talked to were already in support of Haley. And oh. yes, and he's a voter that we had talked to before, yeah. who was undecided, and then he said that he is now leaning towards Haley. Um, his threshold is pretty low. It was uh, anybody but Trump. Let's start there. Uh, but then said, you know, DeSantis scares him for a different reason. Um, so he's willing to, to consider her and has appreciated how she's handled herself on the debate stage, which I think is good and could translate well. So hopefully he will continue to consider her as, he, as we head towards February. Full steam ahead to February. As for what the door knockers are seeing and hearing, Candace had this takeaway. The most exciting demographic I've seen that she appeals to is a lot of those suburban moms that Trump lost, frankly, in 2020 that aren't they weren't going to go back to him. They're not they, you know, were really turned off by Biden as well. I mean, there are those moms that go to the grocery store. I'm one of those moms that goes to the grocery store and the prices increase from week to week with under the current administration. And so understanding that you have someone like Governor Haley, who is a mom herself, um, granted, her kids are now older and grown and out of the house. But like she's been there at some point to be to be 
the one who is essentially the CFO of the family to do, you know, the grocery shopping, the budgeting, the healthcare decisions, the education decisions. And so that demographic that Trump lost it, are turning more towards Governor Haley, which is really exciting to see. Now, this was a sample of the five folks that we reached at the doors over the course of an hour in the middle of the day in Mount Pleasant. I left them as they were heading out to knock on more doors, and there were other teams in other neighborhoods in the area. This is the effort taking place in other early voting states leading up to these big primary and caucus days. This is like having an entire other campaign out there, but one that is bigger than an actual campaign or super PAC. Now we have a poll roundup for you as part one of two number sections in this podcast. That's right. Data. Now, I know the Haley campaign likes to say that she's in second in Iowa, but that is simply not the case, folks. Let's look at some of the new big polls out of Iowa since we are now a month away till caucus day. First up, Trafalgar Group polled 1,091 likely Republican caucus voters from December 1st through the 4th, which was before the December 6th debate. And they found that former President Donald Trump enjoys 45% support to Florida Governor Ron DeSantis at 22% and Haley at 19%, which is within the 3% margin of error. Sure, call it second place, call it a draw. Now, the second Iowa poll comes to us from the Des Moines Register and NBC News, and that was conducted between December 2nd and the 7th. This poll shows Trump with a stronger lead at 51%, DeSantis at 19%, and Haley at 16%. On average, Trump sits with 50% support in Iowa, DeSantis at 19%, and Haley right there at 17%, according to Real Clear Politics. Sticking with polls, folks, because the big polls Haley's camp likes to tout are the election matchups between her and President Joe Biden, which tout her electability. And again, that was a huge reason AFP Action threw their support behind her. Now, a Wall Street Journal poll of 1,500 registered voters conducted between November 29th and December 4th found Haley beating Biden 51% to 34%, with a 2.5% margin of error. Other similar polls have Haley with low double-digit leads or ties with Biden. Nevertheless, she enjoys bigger margins on average than DeSantis and Trump in matchups against Biden. You thought we were done. I'm just kidding, folks. Part two of our numbers section, ad spending. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! That's right. The big number is 214. 214 million dollars. Guys, that's a lot. Come on, that's a lot of money. Million, one million dollars. <laughs> you can say that's a lot. But $214 million, that's how much Republican candidates and outside groups supporting them have spent on television ads so far. This according to the ad tracking firm Ad Impact. Most of that is benefiting the news stations in Iowa and New Hampshire, though some of that money is coming to South Carolina. Of course, super PACs have been doing a lot of the heavy lifting here instead of candidates' campaigns. They're carrying out the lion's share of the spending on air for these candidates. At the top is Never Back Down. Ever heard of it? Yes. It's basically the DeSantis campaign. Yes. And they've been in the headlines lately for nonstop turmoil behind the scenes. But Never Back Down has dropped $43 million in TV ads, and the campaign has thrown in another nine. The Stand for America, or SFA fund, which supports Haley, has spent $34 million, and her campaign has thrown in another six. MAGA Incorporated, supporting Trump, has spent $32 million on television ads and another $6 million from the campaign. So that's just a little overall of that huge chunk of TV ad spending going on the race. Now let's briefly pivot from the Republicans to the Democrats. Earlier this week, the South Carolina Democratic Party chairwoman, Crystal Spain, hosted one of her predecessors, 
Democratic National Committee Chairman Jamie Harrison as the state and national operation kicked off for their get-out-the-vote effort ahead of the February 3rd first-in-the-nation primary. Did you hear that, New Hampshire? (laughs) And next November's general election. While party officials did not tie a dollar amount to the effort, dozens of folks and a bus tour will be dispatched to engage and activate voters ahead of the primary that is a lock for President Joe Biden. Here's Chairwoman Crystal Spain. No one can be the Democratic nominee without the support of our electorate. And for the first time ever, black voters, rural voters, and southern voters will get to have their voices heard first in this process. And with so much on the line in 2024, we're going to use every tool at our disposal to make sure that the South Carolina that South Carolinians are fired up and ready to go to cast their ba- ballot on Saturday, February 3rd. That's why I'm honored and excited to announce that we're starting our voter outreach earlier than ever. While I can't promise we will turn South Carolina blue in 2024, I will promise that we're going to change our trajectory next year and for years to come through this statewide investment. We're going to keep Excuse me, we're going to fight to keep our first in the nation status by making sure our voters know how to seize this opportunity. This effort also comes as polling shows a less than enthusiastic Democratic electorate. Isn't that always the case? People give Biden big wins from the midterms to just last month, and then polling shows people are still eh, lukewarm. Despite holding off major midterm damage, the Washington Post data found a 10-point drop in black voter turnout of 52% in 2018 to 42% in 2022. That's something this effort is trying to right, especially among voters of color that make up the majority of the party in South Carolina. And of course, presidential election years also generate a large amount of buzz and engagement that the party is looking to capitalize on. Here's DNC Chair Harrison. I think if you take a look at the track record of the South Carolina Democratic Party in terms of getting voters to the polls and picking the eventual nominee of the Democratic Party, it's almost second to none. Um, And so I am assured that uh, we're going to, with this plan that Crystal has put together and and that Jay's worked on, that we are going to get the turnout necessary uh, to demonstrate to everybody, because we know here in South Carolina, but to demonstrate to the rest of the world that South Carolina is the where uh, presidential politics starts um, from now on. And so part of what we have to do here in South Carolina and across the country is make sure that we're actually going and engaging with the voters. We can't uh, take anybody for granted. Uh, I think uh, the stakes are so high in this election coming up because democracy is on the ballot. Seriously, when you have a presidential uh a contender who basically said that, yeah, he can be a dictator on day one. We've never seen or heard anything like that in, in politics. Not in my 47 years, not from a Democrat or a Republican, but we got a former president who just said that. And so we got to take this stuff seriously. And that means engaging people where they are, going all over the, uh, the states, into the towns and uh, rural areas and urban areas. And so we're not gonna take anything for granted in South Carolina or any of the states. Harrison gave Spain a vote of confidence and said she has the right plan to rebuild the state Democratic Party. And just real quick on the way out, we have our next big econ pod, econ pod. coming up next week. So to tee y'all up for that, we have part three of the numbers section of this podcast. <laughs> Just some data, data 
to whet your appetite for more. First up, the Dow Jones Industrial Average set an all-time record on Wednesday, December 13th, closing at 37,900. That put the index up more than 500 points for the day and surpassed a record set in January 2022, thanks to the Fed holding rates steady as progress was made on inflation. Another another record was shattered, with U.S. oil production topping 13.2 million barrels a day, beating a previous record set in 2019. So feel free to throw that stat around as people continue to talk about gas prices and opening the country's taps to fuel more oil production. It's already happening, folks. And speaking of inflation, the Consumer Price Index for November was up 0.1% month over month, and the inflation rate was up 3.1% year over year. But consumer sentiment was also up for the month, so a lot of positive news. We'll have more for you next week. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. And I think we've been taking quite the break from the news. At least some of us have AT. Uh, very rude. AT Shire, where are you? Tell us where you I are. I take that as a direct shot across the bow, Gavin. Um, I am in New Jersey. I'm in my in-laws uh. basement recording this right now. Uh. That's why it sounds so good. Floor, wall-to-wall carpets. Um, and um, I can hear the fluoride <laughs> in the water. Your teeth stronger. Oh, but I mean, I've been chewing through rocks like a billy goat recently. Anyway, uh, we are up here celebrating Christmas the week early because Caitlin's family Mm. is so busy during Christmas with other family stuff that we thought we'd come the week early, get it all out of the way. You know, the holiday spirit. Yeah, the war on Christmas never ends. It never ends. We're always at it. Anyway, Gavin, we have a short little call, a little little Christmas special. Are you ready? Okay, a little stocking stuffer. Yeah, Yeah, we'll take it. This is just a stock. Okay, and I do want to say if everyone is listening before you shut it off. All right before you don't want to hear us anymore If you want to get on the wind down event December to remember sales event call in now because we are recording that at the beginning of next week Okay, so anyway Gavin here we go. Are you prepared? Hey guys, this is Andrew down in Mount Pleasant Uh, What have I been up to lately? Well, I just finished my letters to Santa. I'm asking him to bring me extra pairs of toe socks so that I can continue to wear them every day of the year until you finally put out more episodes of South of Spooky. Your move, gentlemen. Happy Honda days. Andrew, I was just out knocking on doors in your area. We, I was going to bring you more toe socks, you psychopath. <laughs> God, I hate that. I got to say, I hate the toe socks. The toe socks. He's, he knows how to get us. So, yes, we will come back with another South of Spooky season in 2024. Yes. I've got a list of. Please burn um, your socks at that time. Yeah. So, once I, I want, yeah, I want you to go out front and get a burn barrel going. The whole neighborhood can burn all their toe <laughs> socks. <laughs> Gavin's eating an apple right now. So, um, I'm eating an apple. Uh, a- a- Andrew, thank you for calling. You're These right. These are the things I get to do when AT's not around. This, yeah, he's just <laughs> he's eating apple and chew gum and record. Yeah, it's a it's a flipping nightmare. Um, anyway, also Andrew, give us a call us again and let us know what stories he wants to hear on South of Spooky. We got some oh. ideas coming, but like we would love some input. Love okay, to hear what so if we want if we want to release another seven or eight episode season, I would say that Gavin and I have a strong five ideas right now. So if mm-hmm. anyone has three absolute heaters, please call in and let us know. We're willing to believe you. Yeah. Willing to believe you. Exactly right. We will take anything at this point. Anyway, Gavin, 
while I've been in New Jersey, I've been eating about a sub a day, at least one full oh Italian God, sub a day. Cholesterol. Let's go to your recent blood work really quick. It's, okay, it's just salt. It's been so much. <laughs> yes, the, the the cured meats are off the charts. Uh, I've been I've been going to Italian supermarkets and uh, and ranking them, and they've Do been have, they've been pretty great. You have, you have gout yet? You no, gout? no gout. The feet they're good. I mean, stronger than ever. Okay, love that. Uh, also, I I will say like while we are in the holiday spirit here, I I just got to put a plug in for uh, the greatest concert and one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. So Joe Bonamassa, Joe and Joe Bonamassa. No. Uh, so <laughs> the, the real reason that Caitlin and I came up this week is because in July, I bought tickets to a Meshuggah concert that was in Montclair, New Jersey. And I got to say, mm. it made me skip an Eagles game. The Eagles-Cowboys wow. game. It was the first Eagles game that mm. I've skipped in about 20 years. The Eagles wow. got smoked, and it was about the best decision I've ever made. Uh, I it, it ranks up next to asking Caitlin to marry me because that concert, oh. the Meshuggah concert, was unreal. They steamrolled us. I love us. that for you. It was so good. I When I left, I, I, we had no service, so I couldn't even track the game. And so when I got out, my Perfect. phone got spammed with all the alerts, and I was like, oh, I'm the smartest person alive for not watching this game and getting mad. What a perfect one to miss. It was so 20 good. years, I so you're like one so of those strong. freaks that like has to watch, like you're in the middle of a wedding, I gotta skip the wedding, this is way yeah. more important than you getting I, married, I need to watch I've, football for people I don't even know. I gotta get mad at these 23-year-old people. Oh, I gotta get mad, I gotta get mad at these 20-year-olds. <laughs> oh, sorry, I bet my entire house on this game, sorry guys. <laughs> yeah, uh, so that was great, and I gotta say, if anyone is anywhere around Meshuggah touring and if you like prog metal from Sweden please uh, A.T. Shire stamp of approval yeah you know our, such a huge demographic listens to our <laughs> podcast are these metalheads yes uh, Caitlin is snooping over us so that means I have to go because I have to go oh my god Caitlin hello I have to go to a secret oh Santa god. with her uh, family I tried to take a screen grab but I just turned no! it off no, uh, yeah, I got to go to a secret Santa, okay? I'll tell you, my secret Santa is my sister-in-law, Jessie, and I got her a What'd giant her? ceramic Christmas tree that she wanted. Vintage, obviously, bro, okay? Uh, I think I know what you're talking about. Does it light up on the it ends? It lights up on the ends. That's correct. It has, like, the little lights on the ends yes, of the Yes, and you branches. can, there, it's like, tr it's like birds or it's bulbs. They are classic. Oh, no, it uh, she'll she'll never hear this, so I can say anything that I want. Anyway, uh, please call in if you want to get. We love you, Jesse. If you want to get, <laughs> we love you, Jesse. Uh, if you if you want to get on that end of the year Toyota Thon sales event, please call in now. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, Andrew, call yeah, back 0 in. Yeah, zero percent APR for right now. Yeah, All it's right? free right ask now. Ask for Andrew. Ask for Gavin. We'll get you guys hooked up. <laughs> they okay. know us. So we got to wrap it. We got the wrap. Stop, oh. Caitlin. <laughs> Caitlin's giving us the wrap sign, just like Alfred in Walter Edgar's <laughs> journal. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everyone. She we love you. Everything. Have a good weekend. And be like uh, AT just said, and be like our buddy Andrew down the low country. Give us a shout, 803-563-7169. Even if you are wearing toe socks, we still love you anyway. You can also show us some appreciation. Leave us a little Christmas present on Apple Podcasts in the form of a review. We love those, too. And you can stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. Another Christmas present for the South Carolina lead. I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. The phrasing right, of no... Sorry. Okay, ramp it up.